Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Gus, the first meal I had outside my own home following the quarantine was at your house. Brought over a bunch of meat. I brought over my Alpine Touch, but I didn't bring it home. I forgot it at your place. Our first meal was made better, as every meal is made better by Alpine Touch on basically everything. I put Alpine Touch hickory smoke on my cereal in the morning. <laughs> It's, it's reached that level of usage. And the fact that you left it, I knew that you left it at my house. You brought it over, left it at my house. And like a real jerk, I said nothing to you because I was like, well, that's mine, dude. That's it. You came to my house. You left it in my house. And I'm eating all of it. We've gotten so far into this Alpine Touch obsession, I think, that I just think we might be able to host a podcast about all the things that you can make with Alpine Touch. It would be short. Everything. (laughs) They have a bunch of different varieties of spices, as we know. Uh, They are local from the state of Montana. Shoto, shout out, original Alpine Touch. And it's great when it's not just local, when it's not just supporting the state of Montana, but when it's also actually the best thing that you can get. I mean, when it comes to spices, uh, it's second to none. So, boys and girls, use your Alpine Touch. Colter, tell them where they can get it. AlpineTouch.com, no matter where you're at in the entire world listening to this, if you are in the United States of America and you make an order of over $50, which, you know, if you get yourself the Grand Slam and maybe some barbecue sauce, some sunflower seeds, you're there. Free shipping anywhere in the United States of America right now. Uh, so go to AlpineTouch.com. They're rolling out all their summer Big Mountain flavor packages. The sunflower shoots are really, really good as well. Alpine Touch has got you covered. Alpine Touch, Montana's special spice. It's 4 o'clock. Welcome to Tutel and Nuanes, Montana's only statewide sports talk show. Broadcast on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Western Montana and across the state on SWX Television. I like football! Now, sports talk from Montana for Montana. Live from the Kurtz Polaris studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez. Hello, Montana. Officially, minor law, minor league baseball is not happening. 
And officially, Chris Chitavitsky is coming in here to tell us about youth soccer camps. It is to tell and one is one oh two nine ESPN radio. Great to be with you on a Tuesday afternoon. Hope you are having a fantastic day. Thanks for spending some time with us on your radios, on your TVs across the state. SWX Montana Television, outstanding to be with you there. And Great to be with you around the world. Shout out to the World Wide Web, 1029ESPN.com. You go there, you listen live all the time via the stream. The stream is available whenever you would like to listen to it. Thanks to our friends at Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. If you want to give us a call, you can do that as well, 361-3688, 361-3688. All guests join us via the Rankage Brothers RV phone line. Let's take a look at what we have in the show today. Plenty to get to. News breaking earlier this afternoon, just about, I don't know, 90 minutes ago or something like that, officially there is going to be no minor league baseball at all in the uh, United States this year, and uh, that includes, obviously, the Pioneer League. So season number one, what was to be season number one for the Missoula Paddleheads, is not happening. Uh, we hope that there is a season number one next year, uh, but there is a, we're a long way from that. Uh, and uh, So anyway, uh, we will get into the official uh, news coming down from uh, Pat O'Connor, the president and CEO, the commissioner of minor league baseball regarding minor league baseball. We'll also get to the paddleheads statement about that in about a half an hour. It's our Pepsi youth sports segment. We do this once a month, take a look at what's going on in the world of sports at the youth level. And this is a great, especially now uh, looking for reasons to get outside ways to be active with your kids in the summer. Chris Chitavisky, the head coach at the, of the Montana soccer team going to come in here and talk to us about the youth camps, the Grizz youth camps that they got going on. So we'll speak with him about that a little bit. We also uh, will get into the Big Sky Scholar athletes who have been announced, uh, two for each school, a male and a female athlete from each school across the Big Sky Conference, uh, and uh, tell you specifically who are the uh, nominees for Montana and Montana State. This is a significant award because it's about the overall part of it. It's about the athletics of it, of course, and then it's also about uh, the, the academics as well. So we'll get into that. Top of the hour, Coulter had a good question. I thought this was fun, and we were going to have a little mess around with this. You can think about this as well. Give us a call. Tell us. Give us your insight, your thoughts. But pick a former player, former professional player from each of the sports. We'll do, we'll do you know, football, baseball, and basketball, NBA, NFL, and MLB, that you wish was playing right now, or that if you could bring back and put that player into the league to play right now to, you know, see either how good they were, what role they might have in today's game compared to the era in which they played and all that kind of stuff. But I got I got several guys lined up, and I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. I think this will be a fun conversation. Uh, we also uh, are awaiting word from the Darby School District. Uh, they are set to put out a release. Have they put out the release? Just hit. Okay, so a release has just come out. They were going to make a statement, so we'll get to that here in just a moment. Uh, again, regarding uh, the future of their current football coach who was initially uh, put on, you know, going to have uh, reprimands and, and some disciplinary action for a post he paced on, put on Facebook. We spent a fair amount of time talking about that, but we will hear uh, what uh, what the newest release is here from the Darby uh, School District. And, uh, and also a, a ton of uh, participants 
from around the Big Sky Conference, football teams especially, Montana and Montana State, uh, being very active and vocal about him and about this situation in Darby on social media. And then we wanted to kind of talk about that a little bit. So there you go. That is our show today. That is what we are going to get into. Now, we were going to get into the Missoula Paddleheads and minor league baseball here off the top, Colter, but this news is breaking right now. Uh, the, 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 the release is out as of right now. So go ahead and, uh, and read it to us, if you would, what the Darby School District is saying. Darby School District has decided to not fire Jeff Snavely. Instead, he will serve a one-year suspension. Among the other things that they are requiring him to do, he will be required to attend a can, uh, attend and complete a board-approved one-on-one training counseling session on social and racial injustice at his own expense. Mr. Snavely will also be required to attend and help organize at least four community conversations set up by the board chair and vice chair to improve the culture and climate in the community and Darby Public Schools. And uh, he will also be required to bring 10 community members to each training by his invitation. Um, He'll be suspended without pay for one year. Um, He may not coach any Darby student directly or indirectly, including through other coaches. So he's banned from contact basically with the entire football team period. He also may not attend any practices or Darby football camps or games. The 2020-21 football season is suspended. If the 2021 football season is suspended due to the COVID-19 pandemic, the suspension will carry on into next season. Interesting. Okay. Um, there's going to be a lot of people who are not happy about this. Uh, that is a, a fairly stiff discipline. It, it, I would say this. It's about as strong a discipline as I've heard of at the high school level that falls short of being a firing. Right. Um I'm not, I don't know what to think about this for a couple of reasons. Actually, maybe I know too much what I think about this. Maybe that's my problem. Yeah. Um, what he posted, and we talked about this uh, uh, before, what he posted a month ago now is, is completely unacceptable in every way. His explanation for it um, is, is, it does not, does not, approach an explanation that justifies that or makes sense of what it is that he said. Um, This is without question a fireable offense. There's also a level at which it seems to me in a small community, which Darby certainly is and small towns across Montana that there is a level of, um, if he was fired, he could he would be fired, and he could just go on doing whatever it is that he does. You know, he he would live his life, and whether he would have any repercussions socially or otherwise in the community, you know, down there down the Bitterroot, I don't know. But it would be over then at this point. Sure, this discipline. There is a level to me here at which he is required to basically confront repeatedly what it is that he said, and he has to do that with people that he knows and knows well. Now, maybe there's an enabling factor there because it is people that he knows well, and there's he has supporters in that community, mm-hmm. so maybe he can insulate himself in some way with you know 10 community members or whatever it is that he, that he feels like has his back or whatever the deal is but if you're talking about maybe addressing a student body if you're talking about not being fired but being suspended and not just being suspended if the season doesn't happen the suspension is then for next season um 
and and being forced to revisit this and revisit this within the community that you live in a small town like this there there is a certain level where that is maybe harder to deal with maybe a, a a harsher punishment in some respects than a firing though a firing feels like well this is the ultimate thing that a that a school district could do to a coach like that's we always think of being fired as sort of the ultimate disciplinary action for an employee and in that respect that is warranted here I think too, though there's there are ways in which if all of this stuff comes to fruition, all the things that he's being required to do by the school district, by the school board, is in fact accomplished. First of all, perhaps there's I don't know if rehabilitative, but educational aspect about this to to you know understand what the sense is that you are passing along when you say the things you say, whether or not you mean them in the sense that they're being received in. And to have to face the people in the community, both in the school, the students, the teachers, and and your fellows, the people who you live your life with each and every day. I think that that is something that that is, you know, worth noting about this. But I certainly will understand people who, who go, no, 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 no. This goes all the way to a 10. There's no room. We're not going to sit here. We don't need to be nuanced about this. This Snavely has got to be done. That's it. That's all. I certainly uh, I, I, I understand and uh, you know recognize, appreciate that sentiment. I mean, at the end of the day, he's an educator. Uh, that's what high school coaches are. And, and so he's going to be forced to educate people about something that maybe is, uh, you know, not status quo and, and just so we're clear here he's not a teacher at the school right he the his only affiliation with darby is as a coach so he is not he's not going to be in the halls of the school during the day you know teaching history or whatever is as often the case where it's the teachers that are also then the coaches later so that's worth noting you I mean i get the premise of what they're trying to do here the darby school board I just don't know how far it goes. I mean, if he's required to have at least four community conversations that are set up by the board and he has to bring 10 different people, I mean, I just don't know when it doesn't fall flat. I mean, if, if <laughs> I don't even know how to articulate this. I don't know how you are supposed to teach people about something when it's all you're doing is over is apologizing for a mistake that you just never should have made. Like there's mistakes that you can somewhat justify, and then there's just idiocy, regardless of um, if his comments were somehow misinterpreted. It's just blatant stupidity to post it on Facebook at this moment in time. Period. Yes. Period. The Drew Brees argument always comes to mind, right? Because what Drew Brees said in itself, singularly, was not that controversial. It was just so controversial given the timing of when he said it and then the way that it was spun. This is completely different. I mean, you're, you're talking about, it doesn't matter if he's talking about it in the Old West fashion like he was trying to justify. He's talking about hanging humans. It doesn't matter if it's a racially charged thing or whatnot. He's talking about murder. And he's a high school coach right. on a public forum. That is... I don't know. I think that this might actually be a worse punishment for the the individual, but I think it's a horrible look for the school, and I think right. that it's, um, I think it just continues to 
perpetuate the narrative that people in rural communities, the small little rural communities, are ignorant. And I, I think it just makes them look like that. I mean, this got picked up by Sarah Spain. Like, this is national news. Well, when you first told me about this, and we were debating whether to talk about it, I said, to me, the Darby football program is largely irrelevant with the exception of a couple stories that they've had that have had nothing to do with football. They had the young man that had cancer, yep. and that was a big story, you know, him kind of playing his last year while, while he was, you know, in his last months. Um, but other than that, I mean, they have no real tradition to speak of. But that said, I, I said that, well, to me, there's not really any talking points here. We need to talk about it after it's over. We both presume that he would be fired, and then he's not. And I just think it's a really bad look for all of, of Western Montana. And and the thing, I guess, that, that stands out to me here in this is, like you said, perhaps this is a worse punishment in certain ways and certain sort of for the individual socially normative and, and frankly embarrassing ways for this for for Jeff Snavely the person. But I just want to know how if the guy but, who made the mistake is the one that's expected to be the one that's giving all the talks when he I don't want to call it a mistake when the guy who made the statement that the the guy the inflammatory statement. I just don't know how that person is going to educate a community without it just being either preaching to the choir or living in the echo chamber or just or just a show. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. And the the other thing, though, too, is even if even this even if this is all done in in sort of the best possible sense that it could be done where we we really take this stuff seriously and we want this we want this person to change and recognize what they've done and they're going to show that they've done that and hopefully bring us all along to boot while we go okay you know maybe but also the statement that it makes for everyone around to fire him in this instance for this for this offense yeah um isn't there now you know that's right. that is the thing when you say you know this is like this is a bad look for the school board. Yep. Yep. That's the look to me that is bad. Is that you are at the end of the day, people are gonna you know they can look at the discipline or whatever, but I think most people are just gonna go fired, not fired. Like that's the way that they're gonna exactly. understand this. And if the answer is not fired, then the assumption is enabling. Don't really care. Don't take it seriously. Perhaps don't understand the seriousness of what it was that was said. Montana, Montana State football players have been really, really, really vocal about this on Twitter. Uh, guys ranging all the way from you know Tucker Rovig, who's a quarterback from Boise, to Sammy Kim, who's a, for the Tucker Rovig for the Bobcats, Sammy Kim, wide receiver from Oklahoma for the Grizzlies. You know, a lot, a lot of former Grizz have been talking about. It. I thought uh, Chief Goodwin, Anthony Goodwin, who used to play corner for the Grizz, him yeah. and J.R. Nelson, who's friend of this show. Uh, they both had a great back and forth discussing this, talking about how uh, offended they thought or how offended they were. I would love if Jeff Snavely had to take, I, I would love if he had to call those guys and take them to the meetings. Mm-hmm. Have Sammy Kim get up and talk about how bad this made him, you know, how how this affected him. I just think that, uh, again, I just, I, I just think that if he's the one giving the talk, he's just preaching the choir. I don't know how anybody learns anything from that besides just the same repetitive, hey, I'm sorry, but does it have any weight? I don't know. I don't know. But it, did, it just seems like it's a uh, missed educational opportunity. I don't know how anybody learns, actually learns from this in an authentic fashion. It's 2 telling the one is 102.9 ESPN Radio. Um, I realize where we live here in the state of Montana, and I think that there's a lot that I like about this, and, and there's people who talk about, you know, 
I've heard I've heard for many many years, you know, just the frustration and the you know, the perceived idiocy of things like being politically correct. Like why, you know, why does it have to be, you know, why do we got to dance around everything? We can't just confront things anymore. We got to right. be, you know, so so you know, massage everything out and ta- you know tackle with what we say oh, yeah it's, you know it's, and that's fine and there's a level at which i am listen <laughs> the family that i come from we are generally on the side of why are why is everybody so offended all the time my goodness <laughs> Could could somebody just be okay with something every once in a while? Why does everything just have to be the worst thing in the world that happens? So, I I'm I'm with all that, and yet at the same time, there is a certain recognition where there's a whole bunch of people. I'm not even just talking about people of color compared to you know the, the Anglo Saxons of the country, though that is the the overarching narrative as it should be at this present time. Mm-hmm. But anybody. Has, that's lived whatever life they've lived, and you've lived whatever life you've lived, and you don't know some of the things that that others have been through. Colton, mm-hmm. I know some of the things that you've gone through in your life that other people may not know about. Sure. And they might say some things. I know people have made flippant comments about things that right. could stop you in your tracks. People have made flippant comments that stop me in my tracks because we have different experiences than the ones that others have. And I think that the hope is to recognize that while we all want to sort of be okay and be good with one another, there's a level at which we all have to be able to recognize that the things that we say and do, whatever spirit or context or whatever it is that we have meant it in, and it could be the least offensive thing in the world, isn't necessarily that to others, and that's not their fault. That's our responsibility as best as we're able to take care of each other and to not interact in that way. And by the way, this ain't that. I mean, what we're talking about with what Snavely said on, that's that's hundreds of yards away from this. But I'm just speaking in general terms. I feel like there's a certain feeling like, well, why why does everything have to be so offensive all the time? Well, it, it doesn't have to be. A lot of things, but also there there should be a recognition as we live with each other of, it seems to me, of trying to avoid saying things in such a way where it would be, where, where it could hurt somebody. And I think we've all been, quote unquote, victims of that. We've all experienced situations where we've been hurt by something that somebody said where they were completely unintentionally doing it. Right. And and we've heard others in things that we've said. And the less that we do that, the better. And I don't know why that if that's the spirit in which all much of this is being taken in is particularly controversial. It seems like that's the right way to go as best as we can. Yeah. And the the, the way that this whole scenario played out, too, I mean, the fact that this happened so long ago and it took so long for deliberation should have been much more swift decisions. I just think that what we've been talking about with all of the things that have been going on around the country, particularly when it comes to racial and social injustice, I don't think that the the whole premise to me is to shut your mouth and listen. And, And there's this huge politically fueled debate between black lives matter and all lives matter. 
And just because you say Black Lives Matter does not mean you think that all lives don't matter. You can believe both. And that's the thing that drives me so crazy about the por- the 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 corner that we've reached in this country where you draw a line in the sand, you stand on one side of the line or the other and scream down each other's throats, and there is no possible way to have any nuance to any sort of conversation. It's right. it's it's nauseating. It's horrible. But what has been going on is about black lives matter. So then to me, to have some person be now in charge of the education of that, he's not listening. He's just talking. What does he know besides the mistake that he made or besides the inflammatory comments that he posted? Nothing. I would love the Derby. I, I, wish, I wish the Derby school board could have had the Grizz players go down there and talk to him. Mm-hmm. Talk about what it's like to be, you know, African-American living in the city of Missoula. I mean, we've heard some horrific stories just recently about guys on the Grizz football team experiencing blatant racism to their face. You know, it's like you were saying the other day. It doesn't matter who you are. There will be maybe a, a, an experience. Maybe not. A lot of people don't have the experience. But if you ever are lucky enough to have the experience where you are different than everybody else around you. Like when you went to the Philippines, mm-hmm. they think you're, you know, a the, center. the tallest man in the world. <laughs> this guy's six foot one. Oh, my God. He's, he's the tallest guy I've ever seen. And But it's a, it's a weird thing, right? It's an interesting experience. It's, it it's very is. akin to like when you go. Yeah, I've been in places where... I was the only person that anybody ever met from Montana. Just that, just the novelty of just being from Montana. Man, yeah. what's Montana like? That's right. crazy. Um, but then imagine, you know, imagine being Sammy Kim, who's you know six foot four. With I mean, his size itself makes him stand out. Let alone the color of his skin. And it's it's an interesting experience. I'm not saying it's a bad one. I think it's a largely good one in a lot of ways. But I just wish that the people that made this decision could see. I, I'm not so sure anybody on the Derby School Board has Twitter. They not, might not be hearing all of the commentary from guys that this really offended. Right. I just wish there was an open forum for that because I think that there would be different decisions that were made, but more importantly, a much higher level of education to be bestowed if there was a platform for some of these uh, guys to to actually express themselves to the people that are making these choices. Sutel Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio. With that, we will shift into some more sports sorts of things. Take a quick break. On the other side, Chris Chitavitsky, the soccer coach, head soccer coach at the University of Montana, is here. It's our Pepsi Youth Sports segment. And Montana Soccer, they got a bunch of youth sports camps coming up this next month. He's going to tell us all about it right after this. At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, we evaluate your current state infrastructure and deploy the right technology solution for your future. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business to learn more. Tell New One is 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Howdy, good to be with you. At Gus Tutel on Twitter, at 1029 ESPN, and at Skyline Sports MT as well. Follow along there as you would like to. 
It is time now. We do this once every month, and I'm happy now that we're happy to do it. We're, we're off next week. Have we mentioned yet, Coulter, that we're on vacation next week? Yeah, it's uh, been a, a, a pretty central talking point. I think you did point. the entire show on it yeah, yesterday. Yeah. I think so, you mentioned it no less than 17 times. Uh, normally, we would do this on the second Tuesday of the month, or the first Tuesday of the month, which would be next Tuesday. But, as it is, we're doing it today uh, so that we can get this thing done. It is our Pepsi Youth Sports segment. It's brought to us by Pepsi-Cola of Missoula. And in studio with us, the head coach of the Montana Grizzlies soccer team, Chris Chitavitsky, friend of the show. And Chris, you came to see us today, so thank you very much for going across town like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. We're happy to have you in here, and uh, it's good to see you again. And we uh, last time we spoke, we spoke quite a bit about uh, you being kind enough to lend your field to the uh, to the Tacoma Rain. Oh well, yeah, oh well, rain. Oh well, yeah. rain. Now, yeah. okay, that's right. They moved around, so they had to. They couldn't put a city on it. They're all all over Western Washington. But uh, talked about your team and all that. But now it's the summer, and it's been as we know a very atypical summer in all a variety of different ways. But Grizzly sports camps go on all the time or you traditionally have gone on all the time you've always had a bunch of soccer camps and things going on this year that has been reduced significantly but not eliminated you had one it went so well that you said okay we need to do at least one more of these and so you're prepping for that right so tell us about youth sports camps in general like what 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 do you try and accomplish in these things huh I really didn't see that question coming. Uh, <laughs> good one. Um, get the get the kids outside, right? That's yeah, exactly. I feel like it's getting them outside, getting them to interact with our players is a massive piece. And then for me personally, because I am such a values-based person, it's giving them some of the values of our program. So, for instance, we will talk, even if they're young, just about mindset. Just like, hey, here's something that we really believe in as Grizz soccer players. When we're trying to teach you something, be open-minded. Try to learn. If it's not working, please don't get angry about it. Just try again. That's a big piece for us. Our players do it. We want to have you do it, too. Well, the player perspective is such an interesting one, too, right? Because I remember going to you know Grizz Cage Camp when Blaine Taylor was the head coach back in the 90s. and I mean, I, just, I wanted to be Sean Samuelson. Like, that's, yeah. that's, I thought he was just <laughs> a superhero. Do you see that? Do you see the kids just really loving interacting with your players? 100%. And it's the best part of camp. When the day ends and they're signing jerseys or somebody comes up to them and is like, can I please take my picture with you? It's the coolest thing ever to see. And it puts them in an awesome spot. It puts them on a platform to make a difference and then just allows somebody in our community to have somebody to look up to in their sport. And then someday maybe they might become... Lady Grizz soccer yeah, coach, right? You I mean, would Quinn, hope so. Quinn Peacock probably went to a Grizz yes. soccer camp once upon a time, yes. right? I mean, that's Absolutely. so cool that she the, now she gets to go and then now teach yes. the kids and pass it on. The other thing, too, is, uh, I mean, obviously relationships are so important for, for so many things, but mm. do you feel like in addition to giving back to the kids, to the community, and to the families that bring mm. these kids, you also are helping to create a, a certain fan base where, hey, these kids want to go watch your players play and you know, on the big stage in a, in a you know, Division yes. One soccer game and that they will come out for a couple of games each season because yes. they went to these camps? Yes, exactly. I think that's really important, too. We're trying. So every time you do these youth camps, it's not just to engage the youth. It's also to engage their parents, to have them come to games, to make a difference in their lives, to make them a better player. You, you try and hit all those things. So, yeah. Chris Chitavisky joining us. He's the head coach of the Montana soccer team. And uh, you just had a camp that was uh, sold out and a, and a big success uh, a couple weeks ago. Yes. And it went so well, you said, okay, we, we need to do another one of these, which is happening not next week, but the following week. It starts on the 13th? starts on the 13th through the 16th. 13th yes. through the 
16th, so four days. Is that four or five days? Four days. Uh, and tell people, first of all, what's involved in that. Like, what are the times, the durations, and, and maybe some of the age groups and that kind of sure. thing? Sure. We're looking at first graders through seventh graders. Okay. Uh, 9 a.m. through noon every single day. Uh, there were plenty of popsicles and Gatorade. <laughs> hey, good. come on. Right? And so kids always love that. I feel like they, they love the soccer side of things, but when you tell them, hey, it's water break, you can buy popsicles now, boom, the line's massive and there they're all there. Go. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So, like I said, 13th through the 16th, 9th through noon, 1st through 7th grade, and we can have a max of 44 because it's going to be on our field. And so including the coaching staff at that point, it's 50, and that's our coronavirus numbers at yep. this point in time. So... 44 or about 50% sold out. So I'd love to get more. What's that part been like trying to figure out the logistics of, you know, how do we do a camp and make sure everybody stays safe, but still has fun. I mean, it must be different than summers past. Yes, it was quite complicated to begin with. It almost put me off to be honest of like, there are so many things that have to go into this to make it happen. But the more you are without sports, the more you want to do it. And then at some point, I'm looking at my kids at home being like, I can't wait for you to get out of this house. <laughs> and I'm like, I need to give this to other people. And so <laughs> this is my that's why we did it. You, mom yes. and dad. This yeah. is we, we've put a lot of work into ensure yes. the safety of, of your kids. Uh, if people, For people who have uh, kids that they might be interested, where can they go to learn more about the camp and sign up and do all that? Yes, if they went to www.montanasoccercamps.com, that's it. It's all there. It's all there. That's fantastic. When it comes to... Uh, the soccer portion of this. You talked about the values, yeah. uh, which is a big deal. But I, I assume they're split up to some extent, but ages for second grade, mm-hmm. maybe together, third, fourth, and so on. Uh, but what are the things that that you teach that that are? I mean, is is it just the fundamentals? Is it the is it integrated team stuff? Is it is it stuff you can take home and work on? You yeah. know, like what what all, what all goes into it from yeah. a soccer standpoint? Our program is very big on fundamentals, even at for our Division One college soccer players. So we push the fundamentals very hard onto the youth as well every time they come to the camp. So we want to reflect our program in our camps and not just put on a babysitting service. So you are getting that because one day they could be playing for us, right, right? right? And so, yeah, we really focus on the technical side. So first day is usually some sort of dribbling component. So teaching them that and then giving them homework to take home. Mm. And I'll email the parents at the end of the day and be like, this is what we worked on. Maybe try to quiz you quit on this for me, please, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Just to see if he or she remembers any of that. Do you see uh, improvements in your own players from teaching things like fundamentals? Yeah, absolutely, right? Especially when it comes to defending, which is such a hard thing to understand. To have them get it, it's, it's pretty cool. Now that you say that, it occurs to me, I've got no idea what it means to defend on a soccer field. Uh-huh. <laughs> what? I mean, I'm serious. Like, I'm like, well, you know, like any well, other well, sport. I mean, of all the sports that you missed out on, you know, I mean, like DN and football, top of the list. Soccer, I don't know, man. I don't know if you were really, me and you both, not really. Uh, I, I don't I, think we missed our calling. I, I, played, I played in fifth grade. I was on a traveling <laughs> team, I'll have you know, uh, going from Santa Fe to Albuquerque, New Mexico and back on a regular basis. There you go. And enjoyed it very much. And it was clear, probably that was the end of the road <laughs> for me uh, from a skills standpoint. Uh, but I mean, what, what, what do you do? Like, what, how do you, I mean, it's cutting off angles, it's cutting off yeah, passing exactly. lanes, that sort of yes. thing. And obviously trying to, what, time it right. I mean, it, it, to attack the ball where you're yes. not going to commit a foul, something like yes. that. So, but how do you teach that? Like, what's the thing? What do you need to know? Huh. You, you've got to be able to explain it in a way that the kids understand it, right? Because yeah. cutting off angles, cutting off pricing lanes, right? Approaching at the right speed, at the right angle to take away something, it's all complicated. But 
the best thing is having the players who can demonstrate it and having those using our players and on those days we use our players to teach that because mm. I want to see you're going to have to demonstrate and then you're going to have to stop and show again and a lot of soccer defending is actually about your upper body and using your arms and that's a big piece that we teach how to take space how to get into somebody's bubble and then take possession and take as I like to say take their soul <laughs> right <laughs> really get in there take their soul take everything from them and go so you and Montessa head football coach Jeff Cho get along great I think okay. he's always talking about what's he say it's something uh, cleanse the mind purge the soul yeah. or something yeah, like that. you, like, go. like, right. you like got to take their soul yeah, when it comes yeah, to defending yeah um, I have an odd question for you do you think that soccer video games can help teach kids things like that because when you're talking about angles and stuff like that playing FIFA taught me so much about you know where to aim the through ball or you know how, how to just cut cut off angles how yeah. do you beat a guy to a spot or beat a girl to a spot yes. have you ever thought about that no I, I have thought of it I've thought about if I could find a way to finance a PlayStation for everybody or at least iPads for everybody and uh -huh. then do a training session purely based on that right right let's walk through this concept here on this it would be very beneficial because I mean, maybe the most realistic video game that there is is FIFA I mean yeah. it is so much like real soccer just in terms of the way that yes. the ball flows yeah. I always thought it was pong <laughs> That's pretty realistic, isn't it? Just bouncing back and forth. Uh, Christy Davitsky in, us, uh, in with us. It is the Pepsi Youth Sports segment talking to us about uh, the Grizz Soccer Camp. Again, it's coming up uh, not next week, but the following week, July 13th through the 16th. Chris, give them the website again. MontanaSoccerCamps.com. MontanaSoccerCamps.com yes. uh, for more info. There's still about 20 spots remaining for that. Uh, this camp uh, is going to be on on the actual uh, soccer field over there by Doran Blazer. So uh, it's going to be uh, the real deal. It'll be a lot of fun. I notice a lot of places uh, sometimes that, that certain sports – can sort of get a thing going where they start from middle school all the way through high school and even the college level. The same coaches are are on board coaching the same thing, and you almost just graduate from 7th and 8th grade into high school, and you're doing the same football stuff, the same style of, of game mm -hmm. that you're doing all the way through, and then into the college. you know, it, and, it, and all of a sudden you have players who are far more prepared to play at the college level because they've been built to play at this specific college now i'm not saying whether that's a good or bad thing necessarily but you see these these channels of growth mm -hmm. where multiple coaches at multiple levels have gotten together and said hey let's you know let's create this style or let's create mm -hmm. this this thing and do it when it comes to soccer i don't imagine there's something quite like that necessarily but from the youth level into uh you know different things like the strikers and then the high schools and things like that how much interaction do you have with some of those girls coaches girls programs to say hey you know this is what we're looking for this is important to us character stuff certainly foot soccer mm -hmm. stuff as well and and say you know just so you know this is this is the stuff that that I as the head coach and we as a program are about there's there's some food for thought for you do you do yeah. that kind of thing does that does that interaction happen like that um the interaction needs to happen more like that here in the state. I need to do a better job of that. But mm. externally, we do it, yes, yeah. because I, rather than looking at our recruiting budget and saying, let's go the shotgun method and shoot across the country and just try to recruit everybody, I'll go to certain clubs. They play a style that I want us to play. 
because there are soccer has become very philosophical in some in some areas where you want to be very possession orientated you don't mind what you are or you're extremely direct and i know the clubs that that do that and i can go to them and hang around there and spend most of my recruiting money there and if i only get players from one two three four clubs then we're going to be hyper successful mm. and they play in a way that as if i would have taught them my entire life mm. and they fit right into the system yeah and so i need to for one, do a better job getting our team playing that way because we weren't ready to play that way yet for the past two years. And so we're going to turn a massive page this year to see if we can execute well, it. Well, that's scary for the rest of the league since yeah. the two-time defending conference champion yeah. coach. Okay, yeah, yes. it's pretty cool. All right. <laughs> and then once they can see it, to show it to the coaches here and, again, keep pushing it through our camps, all of our camps, our ID camps and everything, and try to see if we can get people here who play that way. At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, we evaluate your current state infrastructure and deploy the right technology solution for your future. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com business to learn more. When it comes to recruiting, and I know that I mean these are these are gonna be kids, so you're you're not really you're not doing this for recruiting purposes. Mm-hmm. But how young do soccer players start to flash? Oh, it could be early. Right, there were kids at this life camp that I was looking at, like, hmm, you're pretty talented. Because <laughs> <laughs> how old like, are you? Eight. It seems, okay. it seems like a sport that like, when you're like ten, you could start to flash. Oh, yeah. absolutely, you could. Yes, yeah, you could be eight, nine, ten years old. I was uh, in uh, Seattle for an event, and it was raining, and I went inside for a bit before it started, and there was just this indoor soccer league going on. There was a girl that must have been eight or nine playing with some kids that were older. She was just tiny, but unbelievably talented. Mm. You're like, wow, that's a Division One player in the making, without a doubt. Um, this is not youth related, but I'm, I'm interested in this. Uh, there's no soccer program at Montana state. Uh, obviously there's a whole bunch of things that go into that different sports and title nine and having balances, scholarships and things like that. On one hand, you sort of get to monopolize Montana in a certain way, being mm-hmm. the only division one program in the state. But what would it be like if Montana State had a, a women's soccer program? Do you think that would be cool? Do you think it would be hard? Do you think it would, would – what would you think about that? It's just extra motivation, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I'd love it. I'd yeah. absolutely love it, and I hope that they do it at some point. Just why not have more competition? It is I, interesting, man. Like uh, with, with the Cacras rivalry such as right. it is, it's remarkable how many sports do not have a counterpart right. at the other university. Right. There's I mean, a bunch of them. No ski, mm-hmm. Alpine and Nordic skiing, mm-hmm. women's soccer, softball. Yeah. I mean, right. yeah. you guys don't get the Cacaras thing. Yeah, I know, and I miss it. I right. get, to get to watch everybody else do it. I'm like, I wish I had that. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. right. Uh, well, once again, uh, the uh, the youth sports camp, uh, youth soccer camp, uh, University of Montana youth soccer camp, is July 13th through the 16th. There's still space available, so go check that out. Uh, Coach Chitovitsky will be there, several players as well. They're going to keep the numbers low so that uh, they abide by Phase 2 regulations, keep everybody safe like that. But a great opportunity for a week of mornings to let your kids go run around and maybe give you an opportunity for a nice omelet at your house, <laughs> you know, something like that. Uh, Chris, thanks so much for being here, man. It's yeah, great to you. see you again. We appreciate yeah. it. i got to ask you one more thing before we get you out of here. Done. I was, uh, I, I've been thinking about this. We were having a debate on the golf course the other day. Guy, not just guys, men or women that chose to take a certain path in sports that became elite at what they did. But then maybe, I guess my question is, 
in your mind, is there an athlete or two that could be, if they would have chosen soccer instead of, say, basketball, or they would have chosen soccer instead of, say, football, could be an unbelievable soccer player? I thought, like, if Russell Westbrook would have decided he was going to play soccer, mm. I mean, he would be such a good Darren forward. Yeah, Steve Nash was really good at both. See, Steve, Steve Nash, Nash would be very a great center yeah. mid, right? Yeah, yeah. Steve Nash's uh, slam dunk competition passed to Amari Stoudemire where he, mm-hmm. he kicked it and then headed it off the backboard. I mean, the the, the amazingness of that yeah. dunk wasn't the dunk. It was right. Steve Nash doing yeah. bat right. soccer mm-hmm. things with the basketball. Like, imagine yeah. LeBron James playing goalie. Yeah, right? Just the size. <laughs> the, the entire goal is covered. Yeah. <laughs> it, it would be amazing. Oh, man. I'd like to see LeBron James wearing some bright neon green or something yeah, like right? that. That would be good, too. Uh, Coach, thanks so much for being Thank here. Thank you, man. guys. We appreciate it. This has been our youth sports segment. Bring it to you once a month. Uh, to set the first Tuesday of every month, though. Again, we're doing it a little early since we're out next week. It's brought to us by Pepsi-Cola of Missoula. Pepsi-Cola is a proud supporter of youth athletics in Missoula. We'll take a quick break. On the other side, Big Sky Scholar Athletes have been announced. This is a significant award. We'll tell you who both Montana State and Montana's uh, acknowledgments go to right after this. Coulter, during this time where we got to be a little bit socially distanced, it's nice to know we can get out on the links and play a little bit of golf, and nobody better than Western Birch to get your round started right. That's right, golf's been definitely one of my favorite pastimes during quarantine times. And it's recently landed my new Western Birch customized golf tees. Go check out Western Birch golf tees at westernbirch.com. These classy golf tees are made of 100% white birch hardwood and printed with high-quality color right here in the United States. A company founded right here in Montana. These durable wood golf tees, perfect way for you to market your business. Just think, anytime you break a tee, your brand is sitting on the tee box forever. You can hand them out to your clients, your buddies, your golf partners, whoever. Great way to earn top-of-mind awareness while also playing a sport we all love. Again, you can check out all the cool designs online at westernbirch.com. Add your logo on a 1,000 of any of their tees for $150 delivered to your door. Give them to clients, friends. Watch them get impressed by the quality of the look of a simple golf tee and by your creativity. Give Western Birch the opportunity to show you what they're talking about. Email and ask for Chad at info at westernbirch.com, info at westernbirch.com, or follow on Instagram and Facebook, westernbirch.com. Welcome back to Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Great to be with you on this very fine Tuesday afternoon. Hope you're doing well. Coulter's doing great. I mean, Coulter's turned on all the electronic equipment. Nothing's on mute. I mean, you're having a full conversation I thought it was coming out of my thing. It's a great new ad. Just, Just, I know, I'm I'm sorry. I have my computer on mute. I didn't have it on mute because... By the way, great job by Sean Rainey. He got a hold of um, several Grizz football players right after the decision on Jeff Snavely was released, including Sammy Kevin, Samari Torre, uh, Omar Hexonu, and uh, got their immediate reactions. And it's definitely worth watching. You can find it on Twitter. Uh, but good job by Sean. He's got a feel for those guys, man, because, uh, I mean, they're all very emotional and obviously very heated and mad about the decision. And... Uh, I'm with them. Yep. 
Uh, it's Two Tell New Honest, 1029 ESPN Radio. Uh, Colton, the Big Sky Scholar Athletes have been announced, and this is a, uh, a, a pretty cool award. It is a uh, sort of a, a dual-pronged award uh, that goes to uh, both a male and female athlete from all the schools, from each school in the Big Sky Conference. It is uh, an athletic achievement and an academic achievement, and I guess that is what the moniker student-athlete is all about nailed it and uh to be eligible for this award uh student athletes uh must have finished their eligibility so this is for graduating seniors uh they uh have to have earned a minimum of a 3.2 gpa uh or a 4.0 on a sliding scale but a 3.2 gpa and have been a participant in a big sky sponsored sport uh competed uh, completed at least two years of intercollegiate competition at the institution and been a letter winner. So there you go. Those are the uh, that's the, the kind of the requisites for it. Uh, you'll find that the four student athletes uh, from the state of Montana that achieved received this award did far better than the minimum uh, level of requirements on all of this stuff. From uh, from the Grizzlies, Mackenzie Johnston and Dante Olson are the uh, selections for this doing being uh, obviously exemplary athletes perhaps well the two best athletes in their sport at the school uh along with being an outstanding in the classroom i believe dante olson's a smooth 4-0 uh through his uh, time at the university of montana and then fallon Frigi and Derek marks for the montana state bobcats again two just uh, outstanding players and uh, uh all four uh, very deserving of this i want to know though how this goes because all these kids you know they're done do you get is it a ups delivery that backs up the hardware like how does that go well right and like dante olson is in philadelphia right i just, just saw a picture of him today working out in the eagles weight room is that right um fallon Frigi could be already on her way to to sweden, sweden. That's 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 a large posting. Derek Marks, he can just go pick it up because he's like the mayor of Bozeman and Belgrade, anyway. So <laughs> that's right. He can just swing by. I mean, I know the uh, the uh, the hope or the Grace Bible Church that he works at as a pastor is is right across the street from campus. That's so, right. So he he'll he'll be able to get his. But uh, now, as a pastor, I'm just going to say this to you, Derek. Not in the sanctuary itself. It has to go in your office. You have to have a little mm. humility associated mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. this. You can't put personal well, awards in the actual. I don't think Derek you know, Marks needs any deal. advice on humility. Man, I need some advice from him. <laughs> you know? Nobody's got less reason not to be humble and more reason that he isn't than I. Yeah. Did I say that right? It's funny when you talk about these four uh, people, too, these four athletes, because you know, Mackenzie Johnson was the spokesperson, basically, for the Lady Grizz during a... A really hard time. I mean, I think that I said it multiple times during the winter, you know, a girl like her who's came up in Anaconda and then played at Helena Capital and was such an awesome high school athlete in multiple different sports, dreamed of playing for Lady Grizz her whole life. And and I, I don't think that you could ever, she would have ever imagined that her career would be uh, where she'd end in the top seven in both scoring and assists and her team would be 25 or 30 games under 500 when it was all said and done right. and win one Big Sky tournament game by no fault of her own. Um, but she deserves a ton of credit for just you know, the, the, uh, for always having a positive attitude. I mean, yeah. it, it's tough to sit up there and explain losing to the cats seven out of eight times. That's, it's tough. And she's the yeah. one that gets called every single night because she's the point guard. She plays 40 minutes game. She's going to have the best stat line. She's coming to the press conference. So, yeah. you know, trying to explain it every single 
weak as a young person. That's tough. And, you know, Dante also, we both know Dante. Dante, uh, when you don't have the recorder in his face, is just a hilarious guy. And then when you, you know, he's, he's, he's always trying to be Mr. Humble, and he is so humble, but uh, maybe, maybe not his favorite thing in the world to do the interviews, but his favorite thing in the world is to, to uh, tackle running backs, and he let his <laughs> he let his uh, play do the talking for him certainly. But then when you talk to kids like Derek Marks and Fallon Freegie, you can't call them kids, right? I mean, Derek Marks is a grown man. I mean, he's he's married. He's already got his career all laid out for him. He's he's more mature than I am, and yes. he's twenty three years old. Yes. And Fallon Freegie, you get her on the show, and I mean, I think we asked her one question in the first eleven minutes of the interview because she just. <laughs> Told us the whole thing and Skills, just yeah. how articulate and, and cool and kind she it was and how smart she was. So I mean, all these kids, all these athletes are great. They uh, they have a lot to be proud of, and I think that the University of Montana, Montana State, should both be very proud of these of these student athletes no, as well. No question. Uh, it's two tell Nuanas, one two nine ESPN Radio, hour one in the books, hour two straight ahead. We didn't get to this off the top because of the breaking news out of Darby. We will get to it here in hour number two. The Missoula Paddleheads, their twenty twenty season has been canceled due to COVID-19, them and everybody else in minor league baseball across the country. We'll get to the statements both from minor league baseball itself and from the paddlehead specifically right after this. A Kurtz Polaris, they are at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Sealy. The weather is warming up, and it's time to get your dirt biking, off-roading, and on-laking activities to a maximum with Kurtz Polaris. Beta and Husqvarna dirt bikes, tops in the industry, brand new for the season, are at Kurtz. They also have great Polaris side-by-sides, including the hard-working Ranger and fun, fast Razor. Boys and girls, 4th of July is coming up. Did you know that? This weekend, 4th of July. You want to get on the lake? You want to float around? You want to enjoy a pop or two? Light off a firework? How about how about a crest pontoon boat? Take you out there on the water, spend the day, soak up the sun. It's going to be beautiful. Crest pontoon boats, they are at Kurtz as well. Summer the way you always envision with Kurtz Polaris online at KurtzPolaris.com. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now. If you visit msubookstore.org, free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 